All right, Brian, before we go any further, it's weird how we had a little uh, a change. You're no longer here. You're on the phone over there. Yeah. But Portal. I say we do a little of the new improved That Freaking Rocks. Yeah. All right. Well, then it's this time. And yeah, so that's our little that's our little theme song. Did it cut out, Brian? Yeah. No, no, it was it was it was clear and okay. rocking. Okay, yeah, yeah, really rocking. <laughs> I think you're. That, I can I can tell you're playing like a level on that because it's just like so in your face. I love it. Um, Actually, that one was the 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 other one. It's like the SG, but it's the Epiphone. Is the SG? Oh man. Okay. Well, you know what? They're, yeah, uh, it's it's similar. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got a very aggressive pickups. So our guest knows a thing or two about SGs. That's like I think I remember him playing one. And we have a treat tonight, and we're gonna welcome Jason from Coastlands, and they're. Uh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. got all the bells and whistles here. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, I, I don't know if they like this title, but it would be like post-rock, post-metal, or just epic instrumental band from Portland, Oregon. I've been a fan for many years, and I have to throw out a shout-out to an old song of theirs, Seafarer and the Squall. That was one that kind of got me into post-rock, like back in, at least I would say. It's marvelous, but we're really glad to have you. Why don't you tell us a little, just a little bit more about Coastlands and what you do in the band? Yeah, uh, so my name's Jason. I play guitar in the band. I started the band years ago. It, like, originally was just a solo project. I think it was, like, before I even moved out of my parents' house, like, in my <laughs> 20s. And there was never really any goal in mind it was just sort of oh I'm just making music and I was also making more like acoustic singer songwriter stuff that I never felt like it really fit with what I wanted to do and then sort of started experimenting with that met a friend that introduced me to explosions of the sky and that whole like mogwai and that whole world yeah. And kind of just opened up from there and we just started recording stuff, writing, experimenting with different things. We, uh, I don't know, now, now I'm sort of thinking just back on it and I'm like, man, that is, it's been like a long ride to kind of like get yeah. to where we are now. I remember the first show that we played, it was two of us and I think I had a lot of drum backtrack, like electronic drum backtrack on an iPod classic that I would plug into oh those, awesome. those, like, <laughs> <laughs> I plugged it into like a half deck and then I would just yeah. I would like run it and like distort it it was very uh, it was very weird like if I saw that band now I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'd be super into it but you know it's all part of that journey yeah <laughs> no it's part of the process well hey I say before we get too far ahead I say let's take a minute or two because I we're going to play about two minutes but and play a snippet of Marrow off of your most recent record Death if that's okay yeah. with you yeah. here it. Here it is. Man, I'm excited. This I'm just going to get lost in it, okay? So...
what we were waiting for. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So much yes to to that. Yes. So okay. Yeah. So again, you just heard, what you just heard was Marrow. When and with us we have Jason from Coastlands. And just okay. So thinking back to just like that, what we just heard. What I wanted to ask, just just right off the bat, is uh, well, that just ended awkwardly. So I have something else plugged up. So this is more of your music in the background, just to give you more plugs. Uh, and by the way, Jason, that that sounded terrible on the phone, but it'll like sound crystal clear. <laughs> so don't worry. No, if if you could actually make it sound just like that, that would be perfect. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's the new remix of Death. <laughs> yeah, it's lo-fi. I don't know if you understand it. Yeah. No, no. I, it, it, I, pr- I promise every time everyone's like, oh, I don't know. That didn't sound good. But I'm like, trust it. It, it sounds good. It's it's recorded over here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, what I wanted to ask is the song that we just heard. The choice that you consciously made to give everyone kind of like that false breakdown, you know, that crescendo before like the lead up. And then it kind of went into this. I don't know. I feel like that's something I would do in my band and just... <laughs> And I would, con- I would just, I would try to convince my band. I'm like, it just feels right. Trust me, trust me on this. Because then it goes into <laughs> yeah. afterwards. I don't know if you heard me go. Yes, that's what we were waiting for. Because then it resolves <laughs> with this, just this beautiful wall of heaviness, and it just, like, you can feel it. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. that was like a question yeah. answer. I don't know. Just it makes me smile. I don't know if you can hear me talking right now, but I have a smile on my well, face. <laughs> no, I, I, I think they, like, that. Like definitely, I hear that with Coastlands. Like you do heavy a different way. You know, everyone does like a build up and there's just like Chuck Doug and you know you'll have some tremolo picking thing but it's not like the roller coaster like structure of a song but if you give a little and then you give a little more and it's just like bam yeah you keep so teasing us yeah is that, is that like a I mean is that just comes out in the jam or are y'all like no we want to do that to everybody <laughs> You know, it, it honestly kind of just comes out when we're writing it. Yeah, so the... I'm definitely a big fan of tension in music. I like songs that just, I don't know, they just make me feel like I'm on the edge of a cliff and I'm kind of just, okay, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And, like, I try and create that feeling with just my own playing almost to a point where I've even had times while we're playing live where I'm like, wait, is it this part or is it that part? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been building this tension, but hang on. Have I, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a, a big fan of that. And just kind of that part in particular was one of those that was like, it just felt right. Yeah. And that song definitely needed, like, that part kind of came organically. And I'm glad that it, because that song would just be pretty relentless without something that adds that, like, trudging tension that, like, it's not, it's, like, kind of linear and it's kind of calling back to a few things, but yeah. really is not really hinting at what's coming forward because it's just its own separate part. Almost almost in the same way that like a bridge in a pop song yeah. is going to distract you from the course and be like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, like basically, yeah, it just functions as a bridge, I guess. Yeah, yeah. no, and, no, and like, I feel it because I, but the, uh, they were kind of like the, what you were doing with the, like sonically too, like they weren't screams, but you, it kind of alluded to, you know what I'm saying? Since it's instrumental when you had like that. Oh, yeah. So like after that, I- oh yeah, yeah, that was oh man, that that was a sample of me like yelling something in the studio, and then we gave it to Kurt who mixed it, and I was like, just put him in wherever you want, 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> so that awesome. so that was like a, a post production type of decision then. Yeah, yeah, it, especially to put them in that section, almost just as ear candy, just to kind of like, oh, let's just put something else in that kind of adds tension and sort of adds like this a extra texture. level of yeah, yeah, like yeah, like yeah. a texture of harshness almost to it juxtaposed against like everything else is like kind of more mellow and well, I guess not really necessarily mellow like that part feels like I'm just crawling through mud and I'm not really sure when the mud's gonna end yeah that's how I always see that because just like the way that the bass is just going and then it just drops off and then it's just you know full thing yeah. after that well, it kind of, it adds that emotional ride, which that kind of leads into my next question. So what's the concept? What was the purpose and like the theme of having like an emotionally heavy title such as death for the record? Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So I'll probably, <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot and I might even just skip all around with something. Cause I, I feel like every time I try and answer this question, I have a thousand thoughts and I'm like, okay, Oh, I'm going to grab this one. I'm going to grab this one. But I'd say it, it was a concept that we've been touring around with kind of for a number of years. Like I'd kind of become obsessed with death as a concept because I just didn't really have any particular feelings about it. I didn't really understand. It's something that we all experienced, but nobody that anyone had ever talked about it. And Jordan, the other guitarist and I had been talking about it. And we, we started writing the record when we got back from our European tour in 2019. And so right before that tour, our original drummer left our band and just left the tour. And we'd been, you know, getting ready for that tour for about six months and it completely turned us on our heads. And so our current drummer, uh, Trent, he was just a fill in member at that time and was like, I got you guys. We're going to do this. So we stepped in, learned our set, learned absolutely everything within like two weeks, got on a plane and we played these shows. And it, it was like, as soon as we got on that plane, we felt like the band that we used to be was just completely dead because we uh-huh. had, we had lost members and there was like so much frustration and like whatever we were becoming was, it started on that tour. It started on that plane and wow. that, that flight. And, and it kind of like built in more concepts of like, death isn't the end. It's just the beginning of uh, this absolutely different new thing, this, this mystery. And then personally with, within the band, it was like all of us have been doing a lot of personal work over the past few years to overcome like past trauma and like unaddressed grief and coming to with like the fragility of life and we decided to create the album based around the different facets of death both like metaphorically physically you know loss of friends family relationship loss of self ego friendship you know marriages and kind of how they play into the larger story and help give life meaning and purpose yeah absolutely you have to let things go in order to make this space and like allow for growth and so it, it kind of was like a big part of us letting go of the band that we used to be and learn to live parallel to all the things that were going on and I don't know, it kind of felt like living with a double frame of mind yeah, um, yeah. but it's also when I say like parallel to it it's, it's also focused not just necessarily on the sadness of like death and loss you know it's about the catharsis and the triumph the heartbreak and anxiety and everything um, but then about, also like, like oh no what I was gonna say but also like oh, no. like during death too like right you're you're looking for answers like i know it's a new journey for mm-hmm. everyone but you and the new members right you're treading this water and you're needing that kind of i i understand i, I like the a different i think yeah. i think that's awesome. a new like a new bearing totally. yeah absolutely yeah. yeah so it was kind of like this it was like the concept that we've been kind of toying around with sort of happened to us and sort of like grew into this other thing and like we were just like yep 
that's the name of the album. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, and I definitely resonated with the title. It, it put me automatically into, like, circus on letting go, so maybe it wasn't that far off with, like, that idea of, you know, you do have to let go. You have to, you know, mourn or just understand that the past is what it is and move on. Yeah, I, yeah, I really liked it. Totally I, it. So I got to say my personal favorite song on the record is Red Smoke Flare, and so that intro, it's like really haunting and just memorable on its own. I think this one had something to do with climate change. Am, am I right about that? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the songs that, and Dead Friends are two of the oldest songs on the record. Red Smoke was written 2017, I think. It was basically like we became a full band in 2016. And we, like, the original version of that song sounded way different, was like, way slower and way more like ambient it never made it onto any of the records just because i i never felt good about it i never felt good about playing it and then the title i was trying to think about that particular title the other day about like where it came from and all, all i can remember is i was listening to a podcast or the radio and just kind of zoning out and those words sort of came up in i think they were relating it to basically like a warning sign or a distress and okay. sort of relating that to climate change in the terms of I, I grew up in the world of thinking that it was not real just because <laughs> everyone or, yeah. because everyone around me was just like oh that's all just propaganda and all that. yeah <laughs> um, well you grew up not too far from where we're at right now am I right well, yeah uh, well I I grew or up me, here in Oregon, oh, okay. but, I, but I did live in Denton for a couple years okay oh uh, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think now, like, as you were speaking, I was like, I, I definitely remember something about climate change on that. But what made that song stick out was when it came out, or maybe it was the Where Post Rock Dwells listening party. That was when, like, all the fires were going on, I think, in California. And so that, that title was like, boom, with the time, even though you wrote it, you know, in 2017. But yeah, I, I remember that being really memorable. That, that opening riff is incredible man thank you yeah. so if you've been listening to coastlands as long as i have then you'll notice they got a lot heavier on the last two albums yeah what made the band go a, a heavier route than before yeah i i'd say it kind of i mean especially like trent definitely pushed the drums down exactly the direction where we were heading but i mean we've kind of always been sort of flirting with that heaviness or like we would we would have versions of songs that on records that were heavier and then we would end up being like no I don't know if that feels quite right. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of it kind of came from just we wanted to expand on how we sound live or how we felt we sounded live. Because, like, <laughs> even when we would play older songs, we would end up playing them much bigger and out to the point where people would buy the record and be like, it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. bad, but it is a little different. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah. yeah I remember. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Oh, go ahead, James. No, 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 oh, no. I was going to say. <laughs> Wait, were you first? But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, you. Oh. No, no, you, no, you hang up first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember when I heard Bottom Feeder, and my kids listen to all the same music as me, obviously. But they would literally bang their heads to that song. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that is, that's what I'm, I'm raising them right. I guess. Yeah, you are. Oh, and heavy music yeah. is. Yes, you are. Because I mean, like, it puts me in a good mood. It, I know it's good whenever, like, it makes me smile and I. It makes me just like ah, oh, good energy. But it also makes me want to like punch a baby in the face. I know. I, <laughs> yeah. Totally. You're listen yeah. <laughs> you're listening to something good. <laughs> but so um, yeah. So I guess my next question: Are y'all working on anything new? Maybe a new record on the horizons, or maybe give us out here something to look forward to? Yeah, totally. I mean, we we finished recording Death 
in December of 2019. And originally it was supposed to be like, I think eight or nine songs and then, but three of them weren't quite ready. So we kind of shelved those and, and then just decided just to totally focus on the six that ended up on death. So we kind of, we've been reworking those quite a bit. And then pretty much over the past year, I've been writing absolutely nonstop and we've just been sending stuff back and forth. And I think we, I think we have like 20 or 30 ideas that are out there. And then like, just like another folder of just random ideas. Cause yeah, <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, we, we definitely did not stop. And now we're, we're kind of rounding the corner of like oh, having yeah. demos almost to a point of being like, okay, I feel like these are a song and we've actually never, we've never jammed on any of these, which was very similar to writing death. When we were writing it, Trent was up in Seattle. So we would send stuff, to him we like the three of us down here would get together we'd kind of record and then revise and send to him and then go <laughs> back and forth and like we didn't play any of these until after the album was totally recorded and we still only maybe played half the album all together and so it yeah. kind of seems like it's sort of falling that way with this with the the newer stuff which i guess was good because then you know yeah. the pandemic happened and we were already sort of wealthy pros in this is just how we do things we yeah. right we send back and forth we obsess over it and then luckily more recently we've been able to get together and either like jam a little bit on them or uh last month we we got together for the first time in like easily a year and like rented a cabin and then just jammed on a lot of the newer stuff a little bit of the older stuff and kind of just focused on like what do we want to do next what's the you know what are the themes that are starting to pop out and um definitely like came across some really cool ideas so yeah i'm i'm pretty stoked on the the stuff it's definitely uh it's changing in a different direction but still it's kind of just like compounding on everything we've been doing so it's been it's been really exciting hell yeah yeah. yes that that, uh your process sounds i just want to go to a cabin familiar (laughs) familiar yeah (laughs) Yeah. minus the cabin we need to do that but that is totally out DSM's been like we just we don't have the capability to just jam every week like some bands and it's uh, hey well I'm gonna let you know y'all both of y'all are a lot tighter musically like I play with my band every Friday for Pracky and uh, (laughs) it's just an excuse to like maybe I don't know drink beers and make sounds yeah but but you're I mean you're you're really riffy I I can't do the I'm not good at the riffy stuff (laughs) you don't need to be Um, but um so, so speaking of like what to look forward to are are y'all post it's not even post pandemic we're still in it in the whole delta or whatever <laughs> it's so, a new genre like, of music is touring yeah yeah it's like post pandemic post rock i don't even want to know what that would like. <laughs> um, that's like the doomiest of all um so like is there any touring coming up like cough cough when are you coming to texas and doing a show with me but i mean really though are brian, y'all brian, like, thinking before, of shows? The sh- before the show he said he was already doing a show with my band so i mean i guess you could open oh, okay. up for us like i don't know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, uh, it, it is a buy-on, and you do have to pay both of us, but like, it'll be totally worth it. Okay. We're going to take a little bit of uh, your uh, your merch sales and oh, okay. just a yeah. fraction. Just, just, yeah, just like 60%, just a fraction. 60% each. <laughs> no biggie. You will have to pay us out, but like, you can just like Venmo. It's, yeah. cool. it's not really a big deal. Uh, man, we... I really want to. I kind of, I kind of like am starting at that point where I'm really getting that itch where I am like watching videos of other bands 
Lions plane, like either even from the past, and I'm like, you know, just for I'm like, oh, I'm gonna eat my lunch. I'm like, well, I'm gonna watch this hour and a half show of you know, like under oath play or something like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, I miss that energy. I miss that like Mm. movement and that that like feedback that you get from the people around you and just sort of that community. So we don't have anything planned. But I'm sure at some point, maybe in the fall, uh, I, I know I want to start. We had a couple tours that uh, I didn't put on hold. I just fully canceled because I just did not want to deal with rescheduling and rescheduling, which I've seen yeah. so many bands like, here's my tour. It's like yeah. September. <laughs> oh, never mind. It's actually in 2023, uh, I think. Yeah. You know? But so, I mean, for sure, I want to come back to Texas because I miss it there. And yeah. it's always fun, you know, someday. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, not just yeah, here. I mean, for, sure. uh, for I mean, I, we might have people that listen outside of our families here, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like even locally, Maybe. like any shows locally, we don't have anything planned, but we started talking with some friends recently about like, okay, what are we going to do? Cause we haven't seen like, we haven't seen like our other friends that, you know, go play in a few other bands. It is still kind of weird here. Cause a lot of the venues are only just now hard to book shows. Yeah. And, it's kind of like we're sort of in that bottleneck where a lot of people, you know, have been waiting way, you know, they've been waiting in line for a year and then we're coming in being like, Hey, I'm bored and I really want to play. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. happen. But some of the venues that are want to play at, most of them aren't open yet. And a lot of them are just dive bars that are open now. And I'm like, I don't really know if I want my first show back to being a dive bar. <laughs> it, there's there's one venue that is like kind of a perfect balance of of like divey and venue that I mean it was like one of the first venues that we played a show at as a full band and it was like we played with uh, I mean this was like in 2016 with like if these trees could talk mm. before in this room where they like now it, they made it smaller because they built on more bathrooms it filled it with more just random memorabilia from other bars in Portland that have died but I would play there but I don't want to play at you know this place where you're just playing like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know I I feel like there's like a lot of buildup and I'm like, I want it to feel right. I want to feel like, yeah. I want to feel that like, much like Marrow. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels right. No, and that's feel, how you yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and like, so we started booking and it's honestly kind of a nightmare to, yeah. like, it's just so uh, saturated with people trying to get in venues. Yeah. Even like October is getting booked out and like just in on a local level. And we've looked Man. at small tours and that's even harder. So we're navigating that right now. But enough about that. I want to know something. Speaking of Texas, how did y'all, I'm guessing there had to be like a friendship or something, but like, How'd you connect with Dustin and Glassing to get that beautifully terrifying scream on Dead Friend? <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect word of how to describe it. We we met the Glassing dudes when we were on a tour in maybe 2017 or 2018, and we we played in Dallas and then we played in Fort Worth with them. They hit us up about our Austin show, and then they were like, "Hey, can we also be on your Dallas show?" And we we're like, "Totally." Yeah, like you guys sound <laughs> sick. So we met them yeah. there. They, I think they got their entire merch bin stolen oh, at, at the Dallas show. And then in, in Austin, we were like, basically, we were still trying to unravel the mystery. And I, I don't know if it ever got figured out. But yeah, and then it was basically every other time that we came to Texas, we would play with them and just, yeah, yeah formed a friendship. They're great dudes. 
for dead friends, we, we, I, I think I texted Dustin on like a Monday and was like, Hey, uh, you want to yell something over <laughs> a song or like, or do, you know, just, you want to do your thing? Like you, you have, you have no parameters. Go wild. You can do the whole thing. You can do part of it. So I sent it to him and then he booked his studio time, I think on like a Wednesday or a Thursday and he sent it to us on a Friday. Oh, wow. And I had, I had like zero notes, but he had written, he had written that entire part had done like all of his vocal layers and then we turned the whole album in for mixing the day after that i was like this wow. is perfect man like you did great <laughs> i had no expectation and you exceeded like you did such yeah. a good job yeah he just blew us away and like the kind of the concept that kind of got us there was there's a demo somewhere of when we were working on that song where trent got to that part and he just he was like he was just doing his regular drum stuff and um his drum part and just was like yelling into his overhead and it just mm. sounded so gnarly and just so aggressive that we were like oh that's what that song has been missing because I was kind of obsessed with that part couldn't, yeah. I didn't know what was missing or like if I needed to take something away from it or if we needed to play less in it or something like that so we kind of just let it sort itself out and ended up with this song and like that song has seen so many different lives like that that was a, a demo from the further still that just it sounded again like totally different the the first chunk was like pretty similar but it like i found it on, on my hard drive when we were starting to write for death and was like oh i love this song i totally forgot about it i know where to take this now like it yeah. finally matured to a point or like my perspective on it changed so yeah yeah i i love the way that came out that like that was like a serendipitous moment where he was like, yeah, Hell yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do something. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was so stoked when I saw that y'all were doing that. Cause I, I didn't, I actually got to admit, I didn't know who Glassing was until we showed up to Austin to play a show and they were on the bill. And no way. I was like, holy crap. And we had a bunch of people come down and a caravan down for the show. And like some of these people were not, they had probably never been in, introduced to heavy music before. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, we were watching Camacho drool water while spinning <laughs> and like stuff while he's playing drums. And I was like, oh my God, this is Oh so my crazy. gosh. Yeah. Watching them live, that gets me so pumped up. Their life set is just so, it's like so abrasive and beautiful. I know. It's like, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, they're, they're probably one of my favorite Texas bands, if not like in general. But, um, so I, I do have two more questions. Right. One's a serious one and then one's a way more serious one. So, um, <laughs> choose wisely. So due to like, we're kind of into tones and like pedals and stuff, but you know, I don't hear like, um, a signature pedal that y'all are using. Like y'all actually sound like way more like just how rock used to be. Like you, I can't tell what you're using. So <laughs> what is the, what's your thoughts on this and like having that unique tone and achieving it for this like newer round of coastland stuff. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to effects, like we definitely go lighter on everything. I, I try and choose things that have like a certain level of transparency. I mean, that's not always true because I, I love my OCAP um, yeah. <laughs> so much, but I've also had to like dial that down quite a bit just cause I was like, it was like always bugging me when I could hear too much of it. Um, yeah. And then really just relying on our amps and like driving our amps. And then um, like, especially for this album, I, 
was working on a lot of the room tone for the amp, setting up specific mics because that's the way it sounds in a room when you're standing, you know, eight to 10 feet away yeah. and just like really trying to capture that versus capture the effects. I mean, I, I view like, I mean, my distortion tone is just at the iron horse, which is like, that's what I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like that, that pedal is just so sick. And then I stack it with the earthquaker. Is there? Yeah. It's the, the plume pedal. Yeah, yeah. I like the Acapulco. Yeah, it, oh, I, dude, that pedal's so good. I'm a big uh, the EQD Earthquaker devices. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah. I also use the uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Avalanche Run, but do you, I mean, like, I have a problem yeah. with it dipping in volume when I turn that one on. Um, figure that out. I wonder, like, what? Uh, well, we can talk about that later. Like, yeah, what yeah, cables yeah, yeah. you're using and stuff. Um, yeah, I was like, it's yeah. got to be something in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with yeah. all those fucking what, wires. I like hearing you, like, that you mentioned, you know, driving your amps. That I recently upgraded mine, and like, I actually did away with the drive pedal because now my amp and my volume knob on my guitar is like my second drive. <laughs> Because it, oh, nice. it pushes it so much, you know, and I, I, I'm really starting to to lighten up on effects as well. Yeah, so here, kind of like, kind of like just enough to communicate what you're trying to communicate. And right. Like, I, I got rid of my volume pedal a few years ago because I found like I was relying too much on that to control what I was doing, and I was like, mm-hmm. I just need kind of like what you're saying, like just you know, use your use your volume, use your amp, and like it'll be way more expressive with your playing, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. So here's like the question of the night, and I really hope you're ready for it. Hey, wait, How wait, Brian. Wait, 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 Brian. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, is it what kind of mode were you going for? I don't know. You yeah, gotta you really it. build it up. All right. Okay. Build that tension. How sad are you that we <laughs> no, don't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we don't have. Speaking of that, don't honey bucket in DFW. What am I missing out on? Wow. I thought. They were in Texas as well. I've and never seen their Instagram. In they're in Washington, California, Oregon, Utah, and Texas. So maybe they're not in DFW yet. And, you know, I'm going to lobby to get that there. <laughs> um, you know, it's just really, I mean, you can't beat the square footage of a honey bucket. You, you can't beat uh, the amenities, you know, uh, it's the finest single ply toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they just, they're just better, you know. It's if like you they know, know, you know. Thing about you, can, can you know, we, when you walk by, they know. What? Yeah, what? they're like, hey, just come on in here, bud. <laughs> <laughs> what is honey bucket? Am I missing out <laughs> on <know>? something? <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. I what, didn't tell. What's honey you bucket? Honey bucket. What do you think it is? I don't know, like a, <laughs> I, a, I don't know, a restaurant, but you said something with two plies and like a toilet? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think this is my, like, I feel like this is just going to become my podcast of, I call people from the States that don't have honey buckets and be like, hey, what do you think a honey bucket is? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's like a portable restroom. Um, it's more than that. It's like a, it's it's, it's, your, it's your little, it's your little slice of heaven. It's your home away from home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, it far exceeds. I I don't know. Like like I've seen brands such as just Lil John. I've seen those. Uh, like, this, <laughs> this is yeah. This this is God, on that's another. That's a good song. name. <laughs> I have not seen Lil John. That's so good. <laughs> I think yeah. the main competition in our area. It's like Honey Bucket and it's Willie Make It, like W I L L Y, and it has a, oh it 
has a dude running to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, really God. make it like you're done. Like this is, this is honey bucket country. <laughs> Stand down. Stand down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> honey bucket. Well, all right, man. Well, I don't want to keep you all night. I think I, that's uh, all that we have. And once again, Jason, this was stellar. And we appreciate you coming on with us and Green Guitar yeah. and our listeners. If you haven't heard of them, we highly suggest that you do. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to talk to you, man. And so listeners, you can check them out, you know, on Spotify, Bandcamp, go support them. Instagram, you know the drill. So support them and go see your local honey bucket if you got one. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Take care. All right, you too. Have a good night, Jason. Bye. That freaking rocks. All right. We did it. Yeah, no, no. So the the first bit, right? So you were helping us along in our journey with the evolution, right? So with a lot of the the, the stuff with that. Yeah. Now we're gonna get into your realm more of the e. the inside of the humans now. Yeah. The inside, inside of the humans. So okay. So when you think of minerals, yes. what comes to mind? And that's really what kind of uh, led us to this. Yeah. Last yeah. Time. This, this how whole we got started. This, yeah, from the last podcast with coral reefs. Yeah. Right. We whoa. My belly. <laughs> Hence why you rode a bike. Hmm. So Hmm. if you are a geologist, you might define a mineral as... All right, all right. So I feel like I'm going to say or recite some sacred scripture. So I'd ask for us to please stand as I recite the holy definition. I pledge allegiance to the mineral of a naturally occurring... (laughs) Okay, (laughs) no, go ahead. Give us us the true definition, Mr. Mr. Baggins. So the real definition of a mineral is a naturally occurring, inorganic element or a compound having an orderly internal structure and characteristic chemical composition, crystal form, and physical properties. Oh dear. It appears that you forgot it needs to be a solid <laughs> Well <laughs> you goof. But if it has an orderly internal structure, that assumes solid. Ah, uh, does it? Yeah, orderly. Orderly, but what what liquid has an orderly? Well, you think of glass, right? But it's not. It doesn't have orderly. It's not a mineral, but it's not an orderly structure. It's not. It's not. But H two O, right? So I, th- I always think of water, and when I say solid, just so you don't. There's no. I guess. It, yeah, I get where you're going with that. Yeah, it's got to be a crystalline solid. Yeah, it definitely has to be solid. Yeah. Okay. So James, I want to ask you: Is calcium a mineral? Uh, I would say by itself, no. No, it is not. And to me, calcium is an element. And I would add that calcium is a lithophile element. Okay, fancy pants words. So a lithophile. So speaking of fancy words, Greta, give me a number between 1 and 788. (laughs) 29. Oh, man. Mm. What? All right, give me a number between 1 and 30. (laughs) 29. Oh my God. Dang it. <laughs> Stand by computing. <clears throat> okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you want about. me to guess? So, this is the geology word of the day. It is anti dune phase. I want you to give me your best guess, Greta. Anti dune phase. Anti dune phase. It sounds like something else. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, is, that, is that what a phase is? 
Well, All right, I Brian. wasn't thinking phase. I was thinking right. face. So they're not usually preserved, for one thing. But antidunes, I'm not sure what phase is. I'm guessing that's the time period or the developmental period of a dune. But it's basically where the dune starts developing opposite of where the permanent dune would then be. I would say that's close. Okay. It is the part of a stream traction transitional to the smooth phase, whereby a massive sediment travels in the form of a ridge-like structure, having an eroded down current slope and a depositional <laughs> up current slope. It develops when the bed load is larger or the current is strong. The anti-dune form moves upstream as the individual particles move downstream. Mm. Dune phase. Ah, boom. Boom. But what does Greta have to say about this as a biologist? So if you're a biologist, we define minerals as inorganic ions or nutrients, <laughs> many of which can be found in the human body. Yeah, and, and I think the overlap of terms like the the humans overlapping with the other species is that the the organ the organic part of your definition and also the ion portion of your definition the inorganic inorganic yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, did I not? You said organic. Yeah. Okay, the inorganic and the ion portions. Yes. Right, but where do these ions come <coughs> from? They come from the body, right? No. no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So essential minerals are those that we must acquire from our diets because the body cannot assemble them from simple precursors. Of the minerals that we acquire in abundance of 200 milligrams per day, we include the minerals calcium or an element, phosphorus, element, sulfur, element, potassium, also element. an element. <laughs> <laughs> Chlorine, <laughs> sodium, and magnesium. Elements. We require Elements. small amounts of iron, fluorine, and iodine, and trace amounts of cobalt, copper, cobalt. manganese, selenium, and zinc. These are all minerals. Elements. Elements. <laughs> <laughs> they originate from excuse me. <laughs> they originate from biogeochemical cycles, also known as the cycling of matter. In these cycles, we can easily trace the movements of air, water, and chemicals. What is this? So how dare biology encroach on our sacred processes? Blasphemy. It is blasphemy. So how easy is tracing the movements anyways? So don't get me started on oxygen and deuterium as tracers of water source and flow. That'll be another episode. Okay, so go on, yeah, Greta. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Okay, so as I was saying, <laughs> as a matter of fact, the Earth's crust contains most of minerals, or excuse me, mineral nutrients our body needs. And the chemical composition of a rock, such as granite, is strikingly similar to the composition of the human body. But don't rush out and try to eat any rocks just yet. Well, you know what? I'm going to eat a rock if I want to eat a rock. So it's basically, I mean, Brian, would you agree? It's basically what we as geologists do is like. That's what you do. Yeah. No, but I feel like that's that's the. <laughs> we the, do. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the such the reduction that yes. geology is. Rocks. But yeah, I'll eat my rocks. Yeah. Okay, and I'll ahead. have it too. Yes. Mm. All right. So as a matter of fact, the Earth's crust contains most of the mineral nutrients our body needs. See, and then so here where is where I think that the wording is is what makes me giggle. So I would phrase it more like Earth's crust contains most of the minerals that our body uses as nutrients. So the the, the minerals break down into elements that our body can uptake and use in various functions, right? So like or I guess the, the plants uptake them. Well, I'm interested to hear the comparison of granite 
a felsic rock to the human body. Yeah. So first, uh, before you get into your definition, Greta, like how I imagine it breaking down is that granite weathers chemically by hydrolysis and also spheroidal weathering. Mm -hmm. So the granite deforms, creating joints, and then the water is able to penetrate these joints where the, the hydrogen ion is going to replace the potassium in the feldspars, which disrupts the crystalline structure. So I'm going to serve it, uh, the balls back in your court. <laughs> All right. So we depend on weathering to chemically break down rocks into other natural materials such as soil that contains minerals. Elements. <laughs> <laughs> so to further expand, uh, weathering is both a physical and chemical process, right? So we need to differentiate. We're not differentiate, but it's not just chemically. It's to start the soil formation. It's a physical and chemical process that occurs in tandem at the same time. And the chemical weathering can be through dissolution. It can be through oxidation or hydrolysis. So go on. Yeah, whatever. Those things are mo <laughs> more easily dissolved by the acid around the roots of plants. Oh, so speaking of soil, do you know what soil <laughs> actually is? Tell us. <laughs> the overacting. So no, but like in all honesty, so soil is just is actually where our fields actually interact. So soil is really the bridge between the life and the inanimate world. When we think of most Earth's land surface, it's actually covered by this layer of rock and mineral fragments produced by weathering. And this is called a regolith. And the soil is this combination of mineral and organic matter, water and air. And it's part of the regolith that supports growth of the plant. And that's going to be both the O and A horizons, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is the O and A horizons really is making up what we think of. So when you go to your big box store and you buy topsoil, so mm -hmm. this is that thin organic layer where you have the like the, the humus where it's decaying and then you start having it interact with that A horizon. Yeah, and so then you have the E and B accumulation zone, right? Yeah, um, alleviation. So, yeah, alleviation. And it's gonna, with that plus the O and A, it's going to make up the solemn or the true soil. Yeah, so it's like it's really like you're a professional geologist or something there, Mr. Baggins. <laughs> so they, yeah, they, they really operate from the surface downward when we think of soil itself. Right. So sorry, go on, Greta. <laughs> so the dissolved mineral elements are then incorporated into the plant directly and stored for our composition or by some other animal that we can eat at a later time. The Earth's crust contains 100 or so chemicals. However, only eight of them make up more than 98% of the crust. Of these, we find oxygen, silicon, aluminum, iron, calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. In addition to water, the human body contains about 6% minerals. Elements. But I, I guess in this, <laughs> we could get, you know. Yeah. yeah. Calcium, phosphorus, Element. potassium, <laughs> sulfur, sodium, chlorine, magnesium, and iron. Do you see the similarity? I do. Yeah. So I'll say though, but when the silicon ions bond with oxygen, they incorporate maybe magnesium or iron, we're going to get what we call minerals such as olivine, which will be Mg or Fe2SiO4. It's a nice little tetrahedron. But more specifically, an Mg-rich olivine would be forstrite and an iron-rich would be phthalite, respectively. Yeah, that solid solution series yeah, yeah, that come yeah. out. Yeah. So, but I, I think when we get into this is that chemistry, or as I like to say, chemistry is the real enemy here and is responsible for this. So then I guess what we want to talk a little bit about the the different roles. So I guess the, the next little format is going to be the role that these certain elements you would call yeah. you would call mineral we would call elements but you wrote down a couple of questions for us mm -hmm. like right you're saying what is the role of oxygen in the human body versus geologic answers right example so the role of the you go i'm not going to speak on on this because but i think we know what oxygen does a lot oh, of so the role of oxygen in the human body like the purpose mm -hmm. well yeah you wrote this question yeah, for well, us well yeah 
So, I mean, we, we, we depend on oxygen for lots of things, right? So oxygen, of course, is going to be required for cellular respiration to really allow us to make enough of that energy currency within the cell to do all of these really dynamic processes within the cell, right? So yeah. ATP is what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and so oxygen is kind of the final electron receptor in that process of the electron transport system. Yeah, that whole crazy thing. Yeah, so in geology, almost all of what we'll call a lithophile element, that means a rock-loving or rock-building element, basically they're going to have a strong affinity to oxygen and it's you need it for silicates to form. And so because oxygen's it's it's not inert, but it's fairly a fairly reactive nonmetal. Yeah, and then to me oxygen you know, geologically speaking, is re- is really responsible for this oxidation, which is what I think of essentially the the rusting of iron-rich minerals, mm-hmm. such as so the oxygen combines with the iron to form iron oxide, and this is the process is it's going to be slower in different environments, such as your arid, right? So water increases the speed of the reaction. It is an important in decomposing ferromagnesium minerals like olivine, pyroxene, hornblendes, and the biotites. And then, however, oxidation can only occur after iron has been freed from the silicate structure through hydrolysis kind of what we talked about um earlier with that with that so yeah. and then i think you um the next one that you wanted to run by us was the role of calcium in the human body versus geologically speaking right so calcium is really involved in so many processes in the human body you know one specific process where the ion calcium is involved is in muscle contraction so calcium actually binds to some of these regulatory proteins with in muscle cell to kind of initiate this process of muscle contraction. It's also really critical at the neuromuscular junction and all of these synaptic ends in our brain where calcium kind of crosses over from being in that extracellular space, so outside of the cell, and it moves into the neuron ending, which we call a synaptic knob, and that binds to these neurotransmitters or the or these vesicles of neurotransmitters and allows for exocytosis of these neurotransmitters. And then you have this movement of these neurotransmitters to bind to receptors. So calcium alone, the ion, does these things. And those are two very major things in the human body. And that's what you consider, even those when it's the ions, you consider that a mineral inside the body. Right. Right. Yeah. So we, we require that calcium be part of a chemical compound, usually. So the most famous calcium mineral, I would say would be calcite. And it would be COCO3. So it's going to be paired with carbon and then three oxygens to give it at that carbonate. So so I'll say that, you know, the most famous is the carbonate minerals. They're going to be from chemically precipitated carbonate rocks, such as limestone. You'll also have like some overlap into dolostones, but there's other calcium minerals that exist in the mantle of the earth, and that'll be calcic pyroxenes on that end member, and then also carbonate minerals and carbonatite rocks, and also many more. So the, where we're like, what I was trying to think of with this question is like, where does the calcium come from, especially in silicate rocks? the mantle and a lot of that has to do with subduction zones of carbonate rocks from ocean floor and even other sedimentary places that get subducted down into the mantle okay so then the other one you wanted to know is the role of sodium in the Mm. human body right so sodium (coughs) is the most abundant ion outside of the cell and then can i time out so for anyone that doesn't know what an ions is it's just a charge it's going to either have a A extra 
silver electron or electrons, or it's going to give away electrons. It gives it more of a polarity. Right. So if it's positive, like sodium, that means that it actually gave some away. Yeah. Gave one. Right. So that means it has more protons than electrons. And then that's really when it gets into the the valence shell, because it wants to go more to the kind of the, um, what do you call them, the noble elements? So the Mm -hmm. octet shell. So it has Mm -hmm. two and then 10, 18. So if it has just one extra, it wants to be more given away. Sure. So we're talking about sodium. Oh, no, no, no. She's... All I was going to say was that sodium is the most abundant ion outside of the cell. So you Mm. can just imagine like in the human body, all of these spaces and you have like sodium just like hunkering down and really large concentrations, just getting ready to flood the cell given the opportunity. And most of that opportunity has to do with like a nerve conduction, right? Propagation of a signal. So sodium will flood across a plasma membrane and that really does kind of set up this conduction of an impulse across the the entire length of an axon, which is going to be that, you know, really long connecting piece of the neuron. So when you say that, does it have to, because I know when we talk about even with fish, like freshwater fish versus saltwater fish, it's like, where does that sodium lie? Because then you, you know, it's uh, that that it will either go in, cause water to go in or come out. Does it have to do with that, that um, osmotic pressure? Yeah. So, so sodium Sodium is really gonna like in the kidneys. So like so, what I was speaking to was the nervous system, right? But yeah. so for in the kidneys, sodium really helps to kind of set up this osmotic gradient to allow us to conserve water. Yeah. Um, because really what ends up happening is that we actively move sodium. And then when we act, and when I say actively, that means we have to use ATP. But when we actively move yeah, sodium. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, exactly. Water just will follow. So I always talk about water <laughs> being like the little like sibling, like the little kid's sister. Like, I want to come too. I want to come too. So like wherever sodium goes, water wants to follow. Yeah. And it's probably because it's so attractive, like it only needs one. It has one to give, right? So like well, with water I mean, in the hi- well, in you, hydrogen. Yeah, because I think of water in the, in so you know, the in halite. But yeah. we can think of it as the water's universal solvent. Because like the, the way it is, it's slightly negative on right. the oxygen yeah. side. And then it's slightly positive on the hydrogen side. Right. So it will pluck away the... It, that ionic bond between the the salt, the sodium right. chloride, is weaker than it would from the water taking it. So we'll take the individual ions of the sodium. And- yeah. Yeah. So one of my colleagues always say solutes suck, and you <laughs> yeah. know it's like I'm like, what do they suck? And the students are like, water. I'm like, yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, I miss in person. <laughs> I'm a solute. Yeah. Me. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we brought up halite. So I'd say that's the most famous of sodic minerals. That's table salt. It's yeah. like your nice little himalayan. That's how I say that word. Himalayan. Uh, yeah. Um, and you can and do eat it. You can eat that. Yeah, you lick rocks. Yeah, you can eat rocks, even though it's a mineral. Oh, whatever. Well, what do okay. they call it? Like rock salt, gypsum, yeah. gyp rock. It's still salt mineral. Rock. Anyways. What is the <clears> difference <throat> between sea salt and like table salt? Well, well it's like, the same thing. It's, it's, it's sodium 
chloride, if yeah. you look at it under a microscope, it's it still has the same. It's cubic. cubic. It's yeah. it, it cleaves on it's, the three planes. It's sodium and chloride together. Well, I buy sea salt at the grocery store because I feel like it, it's more I, natural. But it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, so my favorite, I, I, I don't know why I went here with this, but like my favorite sodic minerals, they'd have to be glaucophane because yeah. I'm a huge blue schist fan. So <laughs> the blue schist metamorphic facies. Amphiboles. Uh, it's an amphibole. But then sodalite. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking of yeah. sodalite. Fel- a feldspathoid, it's in silica undersaturated rocks. And then I really think to it being one of the end members of the most common mineral in the Earth's crust, because mm. you were talking about the, the minerals, silicon and oxygen. Yeah. So, but the most abundant minerals, geologically speaking, are the feldspars and mm. the, the calcic sodic end members of the plagioclases, right, is going to be either sodium or calcium. So it right. speaks a little bit to the calcium. And then it, it gives you an idea of the geologic setting, right? So it's going it to, because it's the continuous end member of the Bowen's reaction right. series. And that's going to be telling you, you're going to be from more mafic to you right. know, intermediate to felsic. Sorry. Right. Like your anorthite would be your calcic. And then your albite would be more in your granitic rocks, which are your felsic. And then the moon is white because of the, the calcium. Thite. Anorthite. It, it's anorthite. Which is a calcic. <laughs> the moon. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you guys just <laughs> totally nerd out on that stuff sometimes. Well, you, We're you, geologists. you do the same thing I with know, the... but I just feel like I'm like, what is this language you're speaking? You brought up the Earth's crust and all the elements in did it. Did I? Yeah. Okay. You, did. you don't talk about that in biology? <laughs> I talk about biology and geology. I want to talk about iron. Iron. Mm. So talk about iron and the human body, Gretz. Yes. So you have this protein, this really large protein called hemoglobin. Oh. Yes. That, and, yeah. And let so, me guess. That's why blood is red? Blood. Yes. It is a respiratory pigment. Okay. So it has a color, right? Yeah. And so that's why our blood is red. And so what you have within the structure of hemoglobin is you have these heme molecules. And what actually hangs on to oxygen is iron. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, yeah. And there's all this really cool chemistry with hemoglobin and we don't have time to go into (sighs) it. Chemistry. Yeah. But I mean, all of these things influence hemoglobin and it's, it's ability to drop oxygen in certain places in the body when it's time. Like if your temperature increases, for example, like if you start getting hot and your temperature goes up, that allow, that causes hemoglobin to drop oxygen really quickly. And that makes sense, right? Because if you're getting hot because you're exercising that means that your body your cells need more oxygen because you need to make more atp because yeah you know me yeah exactly <laughs> but so do, do you differentiate between the fe2 plus or fe3 plus <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure you do somewhere can i tell you a story like so when i i, I clearly remember crying in second grade because i was so mad at people your blood is oxygenated right and so therefore that would mean that inside your inside your body your blood is red it's not blue it's not blue <laughs> So all that has to do with just is light. With your veins, right? Sure. So oxygenated blood is actually brighter and deoxygenated blood is actually a bit darker. But it is red pigmented, right? It is red. Okay. So I was arguing with my second grade teachers. So you think of eight year old like yelling at your teachers and it made me cry because like even all the students were like, no, look at your veins. It's blue. You got blood blue. When it's inside your body, it's blue. And then whenever you cut yourself and it's exposed to the oxygen in the atmosphere, that's when it turns (laughs) red. And my teachers were saying the same, but you know, so I also got in trouble for being left handed. They made me sit on my left hand to take a, to take tests because they wanted me to write with my right hand. What the heck? Well, bringing it back. So... (laughs) Like, I, that's where I was trying to go with it is I, I, I felt like from an early age, like, you yeah. know, arguing, I was like, ah, be smarter. But so anyways, 
iron to me is interesting. So first it is what it, you know, when it becomes magnetized. So when it's heated to the Curie temperature, which is roughly around 570 degrees Celsius or quick conversions, it is 1060 degrees Fahrenheit. So magnetite is the most common of these. So it's what we use as evidence that Earth's magnetic poles over time has actually reversed several times, right? So you get this magmometer that, and then it, it shows the inclination or declination, yeah. whatever it is. Declination. Yeah, so the declination of where it was. And then it's also, you know, is used as evidence to support seafloor spreading because you have the alternating uh, magnetic anomalies yeah. on the bottom of the ocean floor that then it led, you know, further supported plate tectonics. In the basalt flows. Yeah, in the yeah. basalt flows. But speaking of iron and oxygen and its oxidation and reduction between hematite, Fe2O3, kind of what we were talking to earlier to Brian, is the more oxidized ferrous form, Fe3+, and hematite, Fe3O4, is the more reduced form using Fe2+. So these are seen in the banded iron formations, and these provide some of the first evidence of the, the timing of the great oxidation event, which happened about you know 2.4 billion years ago. So the difference between the million and the billion is the two L's, if you remember. <laughs> So geological, isotopic, and chemical evidence suggests that biologically produced molecular oxygen or dioxygen, O2, that we breathe started to accumulate in the Earth's atmosphere and it changed it from a weakly reducing atmosphere to an oxidizing atmosphere, causing existing species on Earth to die out. Then the cyanobacteria producing the oxygen caused the event, which enabled the subsequent development of multicellular life forms. But we see... Yeah, oxygen revolution. Mm. Well, it's the great oxidation event. Well, it's also called oxygen <laughs> revolution. And banded iron formation. Yeah. So it's you can see it in the rock record and uh yeah. you it's know this cool like you see these red and black. Yeah, so it's this but it's yes. but it's but what it shows, even that magnetite to uh hematite, yeah, uh, the hematite so a lot of it was being formed as magnetite before it's all it was, right? Yeah. And then with so that free oxygen, like uh, you know, it reducing, it could form the hematite. Yeah. And yeah. hematite, magnetite, they look almost the same, but using a, a streak test, one streaks black and the other streaks red because of... And one's highly magnetic. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah magnetite, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really good. I do want to point out, like, so ferric iron is 2 plus, and then ferrous is 3 plus. I know we, we mentioned that earlier. So yeah. Just, yeah. You know, and I want to say that, you know, in talking about all of this and, and the similarities between the Earth's crust and the human body, I think it's really interesting because, you know, we talk about pollution and we talk about all of these things that can contaminate the Earth and water and air yeah. and all of this. And, and I think that where a lot of people really miss the boat is that they don't understand that all of that contamination, even though you may not think, oh, that doesn't affect me, it's, it's amphibians or that's fish. <laughs> and it's like, no, but you have to understand we are made of the same things yeah and so all of that contamination that contaminates air soil water contaminates our bodies in just the same way and maybe even in a more harmful way because we do have fat that grabs a hold of some of that stuff and hangs uh. on to it and so yeah no yeah and it's that that bio magnification too Absolutely. so through the trophic levels like the i think too even like with mercury right you get the minamata disease where it creates that severe like retardation and um right and yeah. you know and and you know, this is kind of derailing a bit, but you know, I think that this is where it's so critically important that as biology professors, geology professors, we take time to really show students where this information connects to us. Yeah. And, and because I feel like there are so many people who are looking at 
you know, the EPA and different governmental governing bodies over, you know, environmental issues. And they're just like, oh, that's silly. Or I don't really get that. And it's like, no, but you don't understand. Like this has human health implications. And, yeah. and that's kind of the point I always try to drive home in my courses because I'm just like, you okay, yeah, we are polluting the air, we're polluting the soil, we're polluting the water. Everyone sees that and every and, and as a human, you're like, okay, but who cares? It doesn't affect me, but it does It does affect you. It does. And, and it's like, so 100 years ago, they might have said like, oh, you know, your great, great grandkids might be affected by this. Now, then as you go through the generations, now it's like, now we're speaking like we're, not only our kids are affected by this, we are affected by what's going on. Yeah. To put it on a scale like that, shows the immediate urgency we need to put a better foot forward because i mean yeah because it, it affects yeah. all, everything everything yeah so well greta cheers 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 so, thank so you for it i wanted to have like a closing remark on this so i think that what we're hearing is like biologists consider minerals are there things that are taken up by the human body that we geologists call metals or compounds? And when I like think about it, like I step back, it doesn't even matter. When we need to intersect, we will. And when we don't, we can say whatever we want. I think it's a little fun thought experiment. It too, is. Because yeah. like, yeah, and then we didn't even get into actual minerals being formed in our bodies, such as like your gallstones and your kidney we, yeah, stones. Yeah, we wanted to get into that. We didn't. We I didn't. But sorry. I mean, I, I, I do like where we went just because I mean, I think that is the intersectionality is what we talked about tonight was the the, the various ions, right? Yeah. The inorganic well, I ions. Think th- I think that that might lead to another, you know, potential podcast in the way future of sick earth, sick human body. That yeah. is, there is a connection. Yeah. Absolutely. I like how you say way down because she's like, I'm, she's I, like, don't I, wanna, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I don't have time this summer, but I love you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have time this summer. Okay, I don't have time whatever. this summer. <laughs> I don't have time in September. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started. Oh, and just to keep I'm it sorry. honest. So from since we've started the computing, since we've activated the sponsorships, because I said I was going to keep it transparent because like all of that that we get from that is going to go to either science projects or improving equipment. It's not going to lie in our pocketbooks. No. But we have made a whopping $5.42. Nice. Yeah, so this will not, the, the whiskey is still on our own dime. So yeah, and everything is on our buy. Now, uh, if you want to buy us a drink, like whatever, like yeah. do it. But time out. Okay, so I I would like to know when you are legit planning to go down and do some picking up of things on the beach. No, so that's that's what um, I do need to spend some time working on because I do want to organize it. So if yeah. like our our fans out there, they want to go down and help in this because like what sure. we wanted to do is uh, have Dale come down with us for that big cleanup for that big cleanup, but then take, take actual measurements of it yeah. to measure the actual microplastics. Not I guess we couldn't get to no. a certain point, but but we can. We'd be doing my macro, but we'd be measuring like. But they also well, do it like in the small things. Yeah, that's no. what I was gonna say. As I was, I would really like to help, okay. and you know, you know, potentially donate to this cause in whatever way I need to, but I'd like to know when. Yeah, so Halloween's let's... Halloween's kind one. of a big well, deal. Well, then it's tentative second week nine. of October. Yeah, I have nothing then. But hey, <laughs> dude... <laughs> Congratulations. Let's cheers again, everyone. This has been hey. nice. It's been an amazing experience. I'll cut all of that like past like 45 minutes so that we've been talking. I will say this was good because when I took, so I took anthropology and I almost went down that road. And I think it's because I had a crush on my professor, but I learned oh. more today because I was probably 
infatuated taking that course. Do you know what I was thinking the whole time, like we're cruising down like the timeline, is how cool it would be to have some interactive like imagery. I'm such like a a picture, hands-on type of person. Like as we're talking about that, like in my mind, like I'm trying to to create the scale that we're talking about. And I know that you do that. Oh yeah, I do the geologic time scale. I have them scale it on different things. I don't do it in in essence of the, the human time for all, but I do it from the- I, But I love that. In and, the beginning. And, and because I teach majors biology in the fall, like I wanna know how you line that out because I would love to have my students see that, you know, and, and be able to experience <laughs> I do, I do it with my feet. So I measure my feet. It's like, you know, X amount of inches. And then I just step it out. Um, right. So well, equals. Right. And you do the math. And I do the math. Yeah. To, yeah. to so exactly where. You. Yeah. No. So, hey, whenever we go back, I'll show you how thank, we do it. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. But this has been an amazing opportunity. I mean, just like, just, yeah. I always enjoy your presence and, and speaking always. with you. We always have a good time. So. Yay. Episode 32. What, I did. What? Yeah, yeah. I still just like in my head. <laughs> I'm, I'm still sometimes like I go back to I'm like, man, how do we even get here? My band's it's like, awesome. wait, you have that many episodes? You're on season three? I'm like, yeah, guys. They haven't probably listened to it. No, but <laughs> but 32. And yeah. like we're, yeah, it's such a cool experience. So, yeah. Well, until next time, everyone, we remember you to stay tuned. Keep it cool. Be cool. (laughs) Stay tuned. Be cool. Be cool. Keep it on the rocks. On the rocks. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I just said. No, you didn't. What did I say? I said we're the Hobbit. Himalayan. Siderite. The moon. Weaver amphibian. (laughs) I don't know. No, no. Well, I need something else. This is not going to work. Give me a limestone. Well, here, I'll just give you calcite. You want me? That's beautiful. Why would I? Oh, shut up. All right, well, look at this. Um, 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 I hate you. (laughs)